Hey folks, welcome to episode 298 of the MLF Fast Fishing Podcast in Eufaula, Alabama. I'm Jody White, joined, as always, by uh, the one and only Kyle Wood. Roll Tide. Yeah. You know, Eufaula is like half in Georgia. We've mentioned <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this before, but the, uh, like, I feel like we talk about, maybe I'm totally wrong in this, but I'm pretty sure Georgia's like right over there, right? It 100% is right there. And I think actually, if like, if you look at Google Maps, you know, you can see the, like, the state borders. Yeah. I feel like at, at very certain points of Eufaula, there is a lot of Georgia yeah, you, on the lake. Honestly, you could say that Georgia might have most of Eufaula. But the town of Eufaula is here, which is historic. The lake is historic. And we're here for uh, stop number four of the Tech Warehouse Pro Circuit. Yeah. But, uh, which we're actually going to talk about soon, because we're going to yeah. start with Pro Circuit. Yep. Uh, Kyle, thanks for saving me. You're so good at this. You're welcome. Um, I guess starting with Pro Circuit means we are going to go back in time to Lake Murray, correct? Yes. Um, yeah, we do got to travel back a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, which was, one, a really, really good tournament. Um, yes. And two, our beloved Matt Becker won the Derby. He did it, man. Um, I don't know if he's had, like... A lot of notable misses or anything. I, I guess he probably hasn't. No. Um, but he has also been a guy who had, who could have won a number of tournaments and no one would have been surprised by now. Mm-hmm. I For think. sure. Uh, he's like, you know, been like notably super good out of Pennsylvania, which is very fun. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he went and got it done, like just doing Southern stuff and, you know, outfished Anthony Gagliardi. Yeah. On his home pond. Barely outfished Barely. <laughs> Gags was coming hard there at He the end. really was. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, it was a cool derby. Yeah, it, it, was, it was like, uh, you know, we saw some we saw some good weights. We saw guys uh, spread out, I think, uh, pretty decently, which we kind of thought. You yeah, know, I mean, what, two guys made the top ten, or maybe three, fishing, like, primarily up the – up the Saluda, like, a um, pretty good distance. Yeah, three, and, like, you could probably say maybe a fourth played around in there yeah. for... It It was weird, though, like, there were kind of... Gagliardi on that final day especially spread out through, like, a big... A pretty good chunk of that midsection of the lake. Yeah, yeah. But there were certain, like, really hot creeks where the herring spawn was, like, very prominent and where people were really catching fish. And then other creeks that you could run through and they'd be kind of a dead zone. It was really interesting yeah um, yeah yeah but still it was spread out i mean besides like the extreme lower end by the, like the dam itself didn't play but other than that like you could find guys catching fish from you know i forget what the names of them are but basically all the way up yeah 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 and and you know from herring spawn uh david williams was catching around like a shad spawn uh you had um Oh, guys caught him off beds, especially the first two days. Um, we, I really wish the uh, weather had been better for that one. Because if it hadn't yeah. got cold and knocked them off, like we would have seen multiple like, 22, 23-pound bags caught mostly off beds, I think, on day one. Mm-hmm. And from what everyone says, like the herring spawn bite is actually better the, like, the warmer it gets. 
Or yeah. like if you know if it as it keeps warming up as you hit those a little bit higher water temperatures, so that would have been interesting in itself, you know. Yeah, I think that, that the little bit of weather we had during the event kind of threw a few things off, and made it so uh, we didn't get like the full bore of a herring spawn, or we didn't see quite the capacity of fish caught off beds that we maybe could have, because um, they got real finicky. But yeah, still it was a cool tournament, like you said, Becker. Uh, got it done. I think for a lot of people too, if they don't really know Matt Becker, uh, you know, it's probably not that hard to become a really big fan of Matt Becker because Matt is one of those guys that like. A lot of people do though. He has a sneaky huge amount of Instagram followers. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it it's the Northeast, man. There are a lot of fans up there. Oh, big time! It's a it's a bass fishing. Oh, please, that gum. <laughs> well, hey, it might be working again. Hey, we're back. Um, yeah, I mean, the Northeast is a bass fishing mecca. Everyone knows that. Yeah, but uh, you got to know him uh, probably pretty well. People have, you know, seen him on live before, but it's a hard guy not to root for because, you know, he's kind of worked his way up, you know, one rookie of the year, his first year on tour, obviously. and Shout out to Sheldon Collings for bombing at yeah, St. Clair. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, Matt, he said it, you know, that week – uh, when he won, like on stage, and he said it uh, in day five. But he's always, like, he always felt like he always had a hard time breaking through to win. Uh, he did also beat Chris Johnston at that right now. To his point, though, I don't think he said this. I'll say it. Chris Johnston is super easy to beat at the Thousand Islands. He basically only ever wins once. <laughs> he otherwise he just finishes second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone, much. I mean, he like basically just was like, "Hey, lock him in at second, but you can beat him." <laughs> I also think it was really cool that Matt won on not a smallmouth tournament because you know you and I know him as I mean he's a really good angler, but also like the dude's really good when it comes to catching smallmouths. Like, oh well, yeah, yeah, he yeah. gets like, it super, and uh, so. Like, if you would have won the St. Lawrence this year, uh, I feel like it would have been like, oh, okay, cool. Um, you know, good job, Matt. But it may not have been, like, as impressive, I guess, especially for a first win. Yeah. Like, one of the things, it's kind of one of the things that sticks out about him, though, is that he has historically done impressive things. Like, yeah, he, I think he made his first top ten at Smith Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one David season. Williams or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. David Williams won. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, I think like the next year at Rayburn, this is his like sophomore season. You know, who knows if Matt Becker is any good or whatever. I'm pretty sure he caught like 15 pound bags like two days in a row. Like handily got a check like his first time in Texas. Like he consistently, he always says that the fishing is terrible. He won't catch any <laughs> fish, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, which, you know, is mostly a lie, but whatever. He's Pennsylvania thrift. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but, like, he pretty consistently catches fish. Yeah, yep. Um, all over the country, everywhere we go. <laughs> Amen, brother. Uh, so, yeah, it was cool to see him get that win. Um, not going to be his last, I would say. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, on that, like, I guess on... The on the front of the pro circuit prior to you fall off, let's like kind of run through AOI a little bit, or maybe rookie of the year a little, maybe both. Okay, I'm down with that. Um, and then kind of 
touch in on you follow unless there's other stuff that we want to hit with uh, uh, with Murray mm, no I don't, I don't think uh, plus you know it was like kind of in the past it was a while ago yeah yeah all right so for uh, AOI we have Cole Floyd in first uh, Anthony Gagliardi in second Skeet Reese in third Michael Neal in fourth Bobby Lane in fifth Jeremy Lawyer in sixth then Kurt Mitchell, Justin Lucas, Kyle Cordiana. What are we doing there, Kyle? This is exciting. <laughs> and Adrian Avina. Um, I would say it's weird to me, like, but there is not to me a, an obvious favorite for AOI out of this top, let's say, really out of the top, like, seven-ish. Like, it wouldn't shock me at all if Justin Lucas won AOI. Oh yeah. It also no. wouldn't surprise me at all if Cole Floyd, you know, made two top tens and then finished thirtieth at the uh, St. Lawrence and won AOI. Like, yeah. There's. I feel like it's very stacked this year from an AOI perspective. Yeah, and especially with the diversity of the rest of the schedule, like between Ufala here, then we go Potomac and then St. Lawrence. It's like three very different bodies of water. Yeah. Um, to an extent. And then you look at the guys that are up there or in the with their hat in the running, like there are a lot of guys without weaknesses. Yeah, and, and that's why you can I think you can very easily make a case um, for a lot of those dudes. Like I think that the St. Lawrence it it could very well come down to the St. Lawrence, like and who catches smallmouth the best, which yeah. on the one hand, fine, you gotta catch smallmouth these days. It's important. At the same time, it could be kind of a weird way to end it, considering it's been so, like, diverse and interesting and, you know, kind of traditionally Southern to this point. Yep. Um, But, like, yeah, I mean, you look at... So, Cole Floyd, theoretically, his weakness would be smallmouth, right? But below him, like, Anthony Gagliardi doesn't really have any weaknesses. He's fished long enough that you can find about any situation. But, yeah, he made a top ten doing that. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Same goes for Skeet Reese. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Michael Neal might not be super amazing up north, but pretty sure the last time we were at the Potomac, he made the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know. You can't really be. You can't really knock Michael Neal. Like he's almost certainly going to rip off a top ten at Ufala here this Man, week. Man, yeah, you'd have to think so. Uh, you know, maybe maybe top twenty, but like, I don't know. There's a. It's very difficult for me to see a guy in this top ten who's, like, primed to bomb out, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or, like, who kind of got lucky to this point. Um, like, maybe Kyle Cordiana, but also, like, Kyle Cordiana has won an AOI before in the Central Division or Southwestern Division. Like, I think. Maybe finish second. I thought it was one of those divisions. Well, anyway, the point is, like, Kyle Cordiana's pretty good, and he hasn't been this good before, but the idea that he wouldn't suddenly be this good, like, People get better, you know. I I don't know. I'm yeah, southwestern division. Yeah, by the way. And like heck, Adrian Avina in tenth, right? He has done well at Ufala a lot. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and lock him in top ten at the Potomac. Like the oh, I, yeah. the idea that he wouldn't finish in the top ten at the Potomac is ridiculous. So I don't know when you stack all that up, like. I don't know. Whoever wins AOI, I feel like really did something this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think you are. Uh, I think you're spot on with the St. Lawrence of the next three tournaments. Will be that's going to be the hang up for 
a handful of these guys. Yeah. Like Which we is, should have a pretty close AOI race when we get to St. Lawrence. I think so. Like I don't think there's I think there's whichever two or three guys are in the running at the St. Lawrence, I don't see one guy wildly separating themselves. Yeah. Because they're all too good and mm-hmm. like you know, I don't know, it's just hard to imagine I guess Cole Floyd could do poorly at the Potomac, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe it's like Kurt Mitchell and Justin Lucas on a smallmouth supremacy collision course. Oh, oh my God, that'd man, be that'd be sweet. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. There's a. It's going to be fun. It feels like it's like the dead opposite of the Elite Series AOI race, where like assuming that yeah. fighter doesn't break down two days in a row at Gunnersville, I'm ready to just hand him the trophy. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> you much. Know, like, they're, they're about to go up north. Like they're going to Champlain and wherever else. Like. Yeah, he's got this. <laughs> yeah, I think they go to the St. Lawrence, too. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, Seth, don't choke, because <laughs> we're giving it to you ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas this one, like, dude, it'd be super cool to see Cole win AOI, but also, you know, a lot of other stuff could happen. Um, any other AOI notes? Mm, don't think so. All right. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. First of all, none of our rookies are, like, actually doing awesome this year. They're doing good. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be plenty of rookies who make the title, uh, plenty of rookies who have good seasons. Ty, who's in second in Rookie of the Year, uh, is coming off back-to-back top tens. Yeah, man. Pretty good. Yeah. But anyway, Clavian Johns is ahead, like, extremely, extremely slightly. I think by, like, one or two points. Two points. Um. My recording is being wonky, so I'm trying not to move stuff on like, my computer right now. So I'm kind of going off like a sheet that I can see part of. Gotcha. I'll try to back you up. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, two points. Uh, Clavian's 21st in the overall AOI standings yep. uh, with 458. Ty sits right below him in 22nd with 456. Why don't you read off the other ones I've got listed there? Uh, oh, for the rookie of the year? Yeah. Oh, I don't have that up. I just have okay. the AOI up. So then it's Jim Neese, then Jim Neese Jr., uh, Jim, yeah, he's got Cody, 441. Cody Huff, Josh Butler, Justin Cooper, Chase Serafin, Jacopo Galelli, Cody Pike, Josh Bragg, Cal Lane, and then Lawson Hibden. Not that there's not interesting people below that, but really, I don't think, I think like the top six-ish are where your most likely AOI winner, or Rookie of the Year winner is going to come out of. Yeah, and, and really those top, like, four or five guys are actually fairly stacked up in the overall angler of the year yeah. standings too. So like you can tell those guys have been having really solid seasons to this point. They have and they haven't. Almost all those guys has like super sucked. Uh Clavin Johns did terrible at Smith. Ty did terrible at Okeechobee. Uh Jim Neese, I forget where he did bad at, but he has had at least one really stubbed his toe event. I think it was Murray, wasn't it? I think so. Uh Cody Huff did terrible at Okeechobee and has ripped off two really good finishes. Yep, yep. Uh, but I'm saying they're all, like, on the same level. Yeah, they're, right? they're on the same level. But because you go down, like you mentioned Lawson. Lawson sits 103rd yeah, in like the angle. He's not year. in the running compared to them. Yeah, like these guys have rebounded a bomb with, like, at least some solid yeah. finishes. But they've also looked like rookies. Like, we have, yeah. we've had years. I mean, I think the year Ron Nelson won Rookie of the Year, like, Maybe he did – I think he did bad in the first one at Okeechobee. 
Yes. Or not at Sam Rayburn. Rayburn. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I'm pretty sure he made like the top three basically in every event. Yeah, the rest like, of the way. Ba- ba- like we were like thinking he was going to win Angler of the Year and Rookie of the Year. Yeah, like he had a shot. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit outside because he had bombed so hard at Rayburn. But, but still. Yeah, he. And I mean, I guess, you know, any one of these guys could kind of put together a season like that the rest of the way at the same time with the diversity of the schedule, like we mentioned with kind of looking at what some of these folks' skill sets are, it's hard to for me to look and be like, oh, yeah, one of these guys is going to top 10 or top 20 the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that I think Clavian is probably going to do really good here. Yeah, yeah, he should. Um, and he might do really good at the Potomac. He might have a lot of trouble at Thousand Islands. Like, if he fishes shallow for largemouth at the Thousand Islands... That's probably not going to go well for him. <laughs> um, Ty like has done really well on historically Western fisheries yeah, where Western guys that, have yep, done well. Yep, yep. You know that's great, but this is not one of those lakes. The Potomac is not really one of those fisheries. I mean, like I feel like the Western guys are more the exception than the rule at the Potomac, and yeah. the Thousand Islands like. Sure, but it's a. I feel like that's more of a. There's no Western smallmouth like St. Lawrence smallmouth. For sure. Like, and for, for Ty, um, he thought that Smith, Lewis Smith, was like stained water, like down by the dam. Yeah. So for Eufaula and the Potomac, just off a of water clarity thing, because he says dirty water is like his. That's his weakness. That's what he needs to work on. I think good. <laughs> I mean, like, here's the thing. You fall on the Potomac, or like, they kind of have pretty clear water. You can just fish whatever you want in them, basically. Yeah, yeah. You can fish morning dawn robo-worms. And <laughs> you can, can yes. fish. You can. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, I guess could bode well for him, because, you know, he loves morning dawn robo-worms. Probably. He's from out west. West coast, best coast. He's probably more like a margarita mutilator or something like that kind of guy. That's we should a, find out what, uh, what his go-to is. We should... See if he can identify the RoboWorm color by, like, the feel of the bait or something. <laughs> like, really make it hard on him. Like, I feel like Jimmy Reese could do this. Aaron Martins definitely can. 100%. Where if you, like, let him sniff a RoboWorm, he'd be like, oh, well, I can smell the brown dye in that one. So that right there is the MM2. Yes. I don't think that one's brown. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a red crawler for sure. Uh my so my like dream scenario from rookie of the year standpoint is that it gets super wonky the rest of the season <laughs> and that Chase Serafin is in a position oh. to win AOI rookie of the year come the Thousand Islands because if you look at all of these guys there's a thing that few of the guys who are in convention are are like super good at and at smallmouth and chase mm-hmm. seraphin is super good at smallmouth yes uh, he's also really good in current fishing the drop shot deep uh fishing a spy bait up shallow that's everything you need for the that he could be miles. really good in that tournament yeah. like similar to becker at st Clair that one year yep. like you better not let him be in the hunt let's mm-hmm. put it that way and you're there there is enough uh instability amongst those rookies that like, do I think Cody Huff should 
be able to make a K or like you know catch him at the Thousand Islands? Yeah, I do. I, yeah, I think I sure. think he's got the skill set to do well. But at the same time, it's the St. Lawrence. I keep saying Thousand Islands, but the St. Lawrence River. Yeah, uh, I've been saying Thousand Islands a lot too because I don't know. We have a lot. Of it sounds to say. fun. Yeah, uh, it's way Thousand Islands is way cooler than St. Lawrence. I feel like. I know. I like the differentiation though. It's like if you go out of Clayton, it's the Thousand Islands. If you go east. It's if you launch east, it's the St. Lawrence, yeah. but it's the same thing. So, not to confuse anyone that's listening to it, we're talking about the same river. Yeah, I mean, we're not, there are not two tournaments at the end of the year, one being at the Thousand Islands and one being at the St. Lawrence. As great as that would be. Because mm. uh, that would be a fun ah, couple of be. weeks. <laughs> but yeah, we're all going out of what? Messina? Which still is somewhat in flux because I'm not, as of now, well, I mean, it's. The season's closed right now, but right. theoretically, guys aren't allowed to fish in Canada right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and they may not be allowed to fish in Canada during that tournament, which would be an additional re- weird wrinkle because going out of Messina and, like, you have a very limited amount of river to fish, like, yeah, for a while if you go out of Messina. So it could get weird, but we'll, we'll you know, cover that. see what yeah, happens yeah. when it happens. Um. Anything? I guess let's talk Eufaula, right? Yeah, you've been on the water a little bit. I think we've talked around. I've talked around. What is the vibe? Uh, I think the vibe is kind of about what you would expect for Eufaula in like um, early May. There are fish offshore. There's still some fish on the bank. Um, there's even still some fish spawning here and there. Not saying that's like a big thing uh, this week, but it's similar to how we've been the last couple of times we've we've been here with the FLW tour. Uh, a little bit of everything happening. Yeah. Um. When uh, the year that Haynes won, I think it was 2013. Yep. Which is actually like a stunningly long time ago. If you just look at the boats they were using, it's like, yeah. what are we doing here, yeah. guys? Justin Lucas. Uh, did an interview with Scott Martin and uh, Jason Harper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you really want to get back, Scott Martin looked exactly the same as he always did. Of course, Justin Lucas was wearing uh, a Tightlines UV jersey. Yeah, and was catching I remember that. betting bass in that tournament. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so uh, and I think he did like really well. Like he made the cut or something like that. It was also yep. they were like also like Thrift caught four fish on one of the, one of the days. Lucas I think only caught four fish one of the days. Like. It was kind of bad, mm-hmm. but Randy Haynes caught almost eighty pounds. Yeah, yeah, and then, and he was, or he was something gone. like that, like seventy. Like he caught a bunch, yep. and then subsequently in twenty fifteen in May, Thrift won, obviously. Yep, and it was like pretty uniformly better fishing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It was. It's. I expect it'll be much more on the lines of good than kind of tough mm-hmm. um and at the same time i kind of am of the mind that maybe the shallow guys have a chance more than they've ever had before just because boy it seems like one there are not as many fish offshore as there have been some other times and two more people are fishing offshore than have ever Definitely. tried to fish offshore Definitely. which would open some things up on the shallow front at the same time i mean 
tournaments this time of year on Ufala are one off the bank. Like that's just the rule. So yeah, and it's probably a, it, still is one offshore. It's a little confusing because, like, there's a shad, a pretty sizable shad spawn going on across the lake, and um, you get mixed reports from guys like guys aren't catching them off of it or not getting bit off of it, which seems so weird because. Like, I've talked to a few guys that say they've looked around offshore, whether it's in brush piles or some of, like, you know, that ledged up on the lower end of the lake, and uh, they're just not really seeing the fish. So I'm like, well, you would think the reason they wouldn't be out there is because they're like, yo, look at all these shad up on the bank. I'm about to eat all these. But if guys aren't really getting bit on the bank, then I'm a little confused as to, well, how are you, where are they at? Where, where'd all the bass go? Yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, that's uh, some of that's in practice. But I think you're right. I think part of that that shad spawn thing and the fact that the spring here has been just so kind of wonky yeah i i mean i feel like throughout the country we've had kind of a weird spring yeah like i think there's there's probably more fish um sitting around like trying to spawn or maybe just got done fry garters stuff like that that could actually carry you for a couple of days more than we've seen in in times past here like I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we made it to Sunday and still had a guy or two or three that were, like, catching pretty good shallow for a decent chunk of the day and then maybe going out and fishing a brush pile or 40 in the afternoon. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all if there are, like, two or three guys fishing shallow on the final day. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're truly in contention to win, I don't know. Because right, right. it seems like those higher quality fish you probably need to be a little more off the bank to make that happen yeah but we'll see we will see um shall we hit like a kind of some like kind of top level toyota series stuff yes all right so i guess first of all uh is the thing we'll start with is bad news um the uh we had toyota series south western division event on sam rayburn uh, Keith Combs won it, which was actually extremely cool. Um, <laughs> Pete Lamons died during the tournament. It was... I, I'm I'm going to let folks do the reading, I guess, on this front, just so I don't step on myself. Yep. Um, but there's stuff on the website about how it happened. There's also a really good story uh, on the website by Joe Sills about oh, yeah. like Pete Lamons, the guy. You know, he was a co-angler. But he also played in the NFL. Uh, you know, there are quotes from Joe Namath in the story. Yeah, but that yes, that Joe Namath. Um, <laughs> so, like, it was a bummer of a tournament because you don't ever want to, like, when somebody dies at a tournament, it's horrible. And it was, thankfully was not like a, hey, this guy is missing situation like with Kaler. Yep. Like, it could have been, like, there could have been a lot more uncertainty and it could have been a lot worse. Um same time it's not fun um, but Keith Combs did win he fished offshore he did Keith Combs things basically uh, and caught big ones and like really blew everybody out of the water yeah uh, for that tournament yeah yeah pretty much um, but Todd Castledine also won Hawaii. <laughs> yeah uh, which is not a shock um, mm, not at all but uh, congratulations to Keith and uh, also Todd mm-hmm. um then we had two more. We did. Uh, do you want me to talk about the one I was at? 
Let me touch on... Let me do Dardanelle, just because I feel like, one, I wasn't there. Two, for Dardanelle, like, we can have a little... Like, we can end strong on the... uh, on the other stuff. You know what I, I mean? I got you. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, anyway, Dardanelle was uh, won by uh, Kirk Smith. He fished offshore, or sort of offshore, caught most of his fish on, like, brush and stumps and uh, grass off live scope. <laughs> well, active target, not live scope. Ah. Uh, if we're being technical. Um not what you expect to see happen at Dardanelle. Yeah, not really. Um, mostly Dardanelle was kind of a grind, like Dardanelle usually is. It was better than it's been. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had some real terrible tournaments there. This one was okay. Um, Zach King, of course, finished second. He's finished in the top ten there 11 times now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's won there yet. <laughs> um, probably never will. I really thought this was going to be the time. I really did. He did, too. Let me tell you. (laughs) He thought he was going to win. The highlight of the tournament really was Chip Hawkins, who led on day one and then was in the top five after day two, who was fishing out of a Phoenix Bumblebee that he had personally put gator hide over the hull on so that he could run over sandbars and logs and stuff more effectively. Cool. And uh, he also was fishing in uh, basketball shorts (laughs) and... um, don't know what kind of shoes, but a t-shirt and a cowboy hat uh, out of a horrific-looking old blue boat with... Quite the ensemble. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Let me tell you, I was rooting so hard for him, just from a visual <laughs> perspective. Uh, we, if we ever get to Dardanelle, we're going to do a day five with him. Yes. Just to do it. Just because we need more of his vibe, his boat on camera. Absolutely. Um, but that was kind of the deal. Most guys caught fish cranking rock or throwing chatterbait around rock or something like that like it wasn't entirely that i mean there were backwater things there were other stuff but like it was kind of straight to the point from a dardanelle standpoint um and andy newcomb won aoi andy newcomb did win aoi and i bet he will uh, be chomping at the bit to accept the bid to fish the pro circuit next year 100 percent um also how this is kind of an unfair question. How good do you think Andy Newcomb is? I think he's pretty good. Okay. Like, I don't know Andy Newcomb very well. I want to get to know him better. Sean thinks Andy Newcomb is like thrift. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, he's going to win. He might win AOI next year. And I thought to myself, well, that seems like a little bit steep, but okay. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess we'll. I'm ready to see it, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I would, like, go that far. Uh, Sean loves Andy Newcomb, which, I mean, he seems great. Yeah, big. I'm a big Andy Newcomb fan. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I guess, well, we're, we're going to get a find out. Because yeah, next next year, 2022. He was, he was vocal about out. it pretty much from the start of the season that that's what he wanted to yeah. do when he won at Grand. That and was Here's the thing. If you're ever wondering, hey, are we going to have a season in 2022, you know, well, the 2022 tournaments are already in our expense app. 
Nice. Uh, which is extremely confusing <laughs> because they just say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, just like this one, this year's did, which, yes, there's an extra tournament this year and next year. So if you really want to read into it, maybe we're going to have seven tournaments next year. Ooh. Probably not, but you never know. But we were supposed to have also seven tournaments this year, so plus the title. So, like, that's wrong. Unless, we, unless we've got a secret tournament. Secret tournament. You're hearing it here first, folks. Yeah, secret tournament based on the expense app that somebody <laughs> probably has to plug in in, like, Denver or something like that. Yeah. They probably are like, I, mean, I don't no even know what that, these yeah. are. <laughs> Get out of here. Tournaments? Uh, what? <laughs> Man, these guys eat a lot of steak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow, these guys are living Man, large. They love to grill. <laughs> All right. Um, Seminole, baby. Seminole. The finer, final, finer, final Southern yeah. Division event. Josh Weaver won AOI. Jo- well, Wait. <laughs> oh, man. The tiebreaker. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was a pretty good event. It was different in that the lake, Spring Creek was really dirty. Spring Creek isn't usually dirty. Uh, there's a little more current rolling through the lake coming out the Chattahoochee uh, and the Flint. Um, but Nick Tilleveros won. Nick T, son of legendary angler Peter T. Uh, dude had, like, a really consistent tournament. A lot of the guys in the top ten, like, big bag day one or day two, and then kind of struggle, and then the final day the bite really fell off. But it pretty much was the Spring Creek Invitational because almost the entire top ten was fishing somewhere in Spring Creek. And the really interesting thing is, Almost everyone in the top ten was fishing like a very specific spot. Yeah, they were fishing every like, day of the event. This is in Spring Creek. <laughs> I am not going to fish any other spots. It's just this one. Like, literally, just camp there. Must and have been super easy to cover them, dude. It was a piece of cake. You're like, oh, I'm just going to go right up here, half mile. Boom. Here's two guys fishing there. I'm going to go up. Oh, I can see a guy a couple hundred yards up. Oh, that's fifth place. Uh, yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, Nick um, and fourth place Braxton Clements were fishing, basically two different spots that were right next to each other like they each had their own clumps of hydrilla that they were uh pitching a worm around and uh, yeah that was like a seven to ten inch worm of some sort was really kind of what most guys were flipping around on a texas rig um nick was targeting it was clumps of hydrilla and there was like a, a sand spot that was a depression so the clumps were in like 10 feet the depression the sand was in like 15 ish uh and that's a lot of guys had something similar to that, um, or a variation. But you know, grass was kind of the deal. It was a post-spawn thing for the most part. Um, a handful of these guys in the top ten did like run a shad spawn in the morning a little bit, um, but it was a pretty much just kind of a slow, keep pitching around. Most of the guys bite was like either really good or really bad in the morning, but they didn't know. Like you, you wouldn't know. Yeah, like uh, it would be either really good or really bad. Yeah, like it would start out really good and then get worse, or it would start out bad and get better. Um, but yeah, it was uh, pretty uh, pretty interesting. I, th- I really thought, um, again, that consistent Nick weighed like almost 20 the first day, 21 the second day, and almost 22 the final day. Yeah. Uh, he had the biggest bag of the final day. That It was a really good tournament. Yeah, that, that consistency from him was uh, really what did it. Matt Beatty uh, and Clint Brown, both, you know, Seminole dudes uh, gave it their all to try to win. They both dropped big bags on day one or day two, um, but their bites just kind of 
sort of fizzled. Matt actually got on a shad spawn thing on the final day, which he wasn't doing earlier in the event. Caught 21 pounds, uh, wound up losing by less than two pounds. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a fun tournament for sure. Yeah. Um, it would have been a blast to have on live. I'm just saying, like, dude, it would have been it, a really, yeah. You know, they were catching big ones. There was some, there was enough quantity to keep you interested. Like I, you know, that last Seminole tournament we had, the one that Blat won, that was, you know, it was really good on live, mm-hmm. and it was even kind of tougher than this one was like this one it seemed consistent and good yeah the first two days were really good the final day was not as good there were several guys that didn't weigh a limit but it weather kind of played into that a little bit i think some of it also was these guys um at the bottom of the leaderboard were kind of leaning more on a shad spawn and it got really cold or it was actually pretty cool at takeoff on the final day and uh they think a lot of that just got killed from from that some of these other guys pressure you know on the full field days there were a lot of guys fishing around where nick was fishing and him and braxton were trying to do their best to keep dudes off of it yep um but yeah no it would have been a really good one on live uh but either way nick got his second uh career toyota series victory which was kind of cool because his first one came a couple years ago on okeechobee and he really hasn't done anything since then uh so he was he was feeling it uh on the aoi note you mentioned um uh, Josh Weaver yeah. uh, lost the tiebreaker <gasps> to Lance Olegschlager. <laughs> Olegschlager? I, I thought you were the expert on this. I, I should know. Uh, but either way, yeah, that, that was... Uh, they were basically doing the math in the parking lot, and it, they were like, I think we're tied. <coughs> like, do you know what the tiebreaker is? I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I... That's, that's it's above, total weight, right? That's above my pay grade. Uh, yeah. So, like, season-long weight, Lance made the day day three at the Harris Chain. I don't think Weaver made any cuts. I don't think he did. I think he finished just outside the top ten a couple of times. So that probably is what did it for Lance. Uh, congrats to you, Lance. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so... I wonder, Nick T, I really need him to fin. I really need him to qualify for the pro circuit, because I would like to see him give it a shot. And oh yeah, he kind of came close in 2018 and 2019 on the southeastern uh, division, but 2020, 2021, he's not really been in the ballpark at all. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe next year we'll see it happen for him. Uh, certainly, he's pretty good. He is. He is. He, uh, he was pretty down on himself for that little hole he dug himself in the last few years of doing terribly at tournaments. Yeah, he's so bad. <laughs> Luckily, if you just win a tournament every year, that's better than any number of finishing fifth, you know, in a row that you could do. So uh, it seems to be working out. Which, side note, uh, day one of the tournament, I was rolling down from Spring Creek. I took pictures of um, – Brandon uh, Klassen, who finished like sixth or something like that, mm-hmm. come down the creek a little ways. I actually saw Anthony Ford, who finished in the top ten, get on a plane, drive away uh, at way, and I was like, hey, do you have a Blue Ranger with two consoles? And he's like, yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> like, It was like the only boat that stuck out to me <laughs> in the entire Spring Creek. Then I go down a little bit, find Nick T and Braxton Clements fishing side by side, watch them both catch fish. Nice. Get a fun fish catch of Nick T with a large mouth that thought it was a small mouth. 
I love those large maps. Then I slide on down a little bit, find me DJ Ellis, who led after day one with 25-15. Yep. He caught like a six-pounder in front of the boat. He's like, oh, I, got, I got like 24 pounds or something. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Kyle's like, I am a god. <laughs> I haven't seen fish caught all year. And here I'm just hanging out in Spring Creek, just watching dudes catch fish, rolling up on dudes at all. Wound up making the top ten. So, like, by the final day, I told Jacob Fine, like, we don't really have a lot of guys we need to take pictures of for the most part. We just part. pretty like, much killed we, this. <laughs> we were, were the best. Kind of already on top of it. Um, so it was fun. Yeah, it, it seemed like a really good tournament. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know. I guess next up is Chickamauga next week, which yep. should also be a really good tournament. That'll be my chance to see a 10-pounder get caught. Maybe. After this week. Yeah. If it doesn't happen this week, then... It might happen tomorrow. You never know. Yeah. Um, but I guess that probably puts us in pretty good shape to uh, call it a day on the pod. Yeah, I think you're uh, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Hey, I realized we forgot to read an advertisement. Do you have uh, Google up? Oh, we did forget to read it. But guess what? No better time than the present, Jody. All right. Well, hit me with it. Well, few lures have stood the test of time like the original Rattle Trap by Bill Lewis. And now, with the help of Major League Fishing Pro Mark Daniels Jr., we're launching the SB57 and MR6. Go to rattletrap.com to learn more. Wow. And check out all their great colors. <laughs> In the last week, I have caught bass on both the SB57 and the MR6. Ooh, so they eat it. They, they do work. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that that, I mean, that's not surprising, right? <laughs> we knew they worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, they work for, you know, people who are bad at fishing like me. They eat them up north, too. Yes. Um, granted, pre-spawn on Champlain, they're kind of like just dumb as rocks. Like, really, you put, like, whatever in front of them and probably eat it. So, yeah. Yeah. Caught some big drum on it, too. Nice. We call them sheepshead. Drum, <laughs> drum approved. Yeah. They're, uh, they're all about it. Uh, I caught one, like, pretty big one for a minute that I thought was a smallmouth for a second. Because it, like, kind of broke water, like, out at the very end of the cast. It turned out it was just snagged weird. Oh. <laughs> I was like, God, man. <laughs> um trying to think what else also so i've been weighing some drum recently that i've caught because mm-hmm. i want to see how big they are they're all like 10 or 11 pounds right bigger than you thought they would be i don't know but now like i know people i have heard people catch like 26 pound drum on the south end of champlain i am now struggling to imagine how big a 26 pounder <laughs> is because i'm weighing these ones and i'm like yeah, that's a pretty big one you know it's not like a little one you know it's like yeah. i guess like Anything that any drum over like let's say ten pounds, eight pounds maybe, I'm like that's a big one. And then like the five pounders are ones you kind of horse on a little bit. <laughs> and apparently, I need to adjust my drum scale dramatically. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's a side note that we didn't need, but we got. Thank you. Um, I feel like we have kind of things to do. It's tournament day. We're not going to dive in too much on other random fun things, probably. Yeah, um, I think uh, after this, we kind of, well, after Chickamauga, yeah. we'll definitely have a little bit of some time. We'll have the All-American, but, like, we'll get more on a consistent thing. I know next week I can try to knock out some, like, maybe AOI type of uh, podcast interviews. Find out how good Andy Newcomb really is. You're like, Andy, how much do you want to bet right now you're going to win AOI next year? <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll be back. You know, kind of on our grind a little bit more because fishing's just been so good. The turkey hunting has been turkey hunting's been pretty good. Been pretty good too, apparently. So like, 
hard to podcast this time of year, man. It really it's is. Tough. And we just have I got a little more turkey hunting left. Yeah. Might actually catch a smallmouth. There's only here in the so next much pre-spawn. So. Mm-hmm. Inland Lake smallmouth are on beds right now in Vermont. Very exciting. I'm sure. I'm sure our listeners. They uh, care. Respect that. Yeah. Or, you know, like, respect that we're not working because we have other things. <laughs> I mean, look, there's only so many times of the year you can catch, you know, 22-pound, 23, 25-pound bags of smallmouth in Vermont. I, I hear you, brother. And everyone knows you. it. <laughs> so, anyway, that's where we're at for this. Uh, FO, not FLWfishing.com. I guess you could go yeah, there. You could go but there, yeah. But MajorLeagueFishing.com is your home all week for this tournament, for yep. next week, all that jazz. It's going to be a good time. Um, live on the weekend, uh, you know, I guess if you see Thrift, tell him he should get down here. There's a tournament you follow. He might try to win it. Yeah. Or if you see Brian New, because we miss him too. <laughs> yeah, we do miss him. Um, oh, shout out to Wes Logan too. Shout out to Wes Logan. Um, and yeah, I guess that's a, that's that's good for now. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, and, uh, until next time, see you.